Welcome to season two of the Week Pastor Podcast, where we view Christianity through the lens of vulnerability. We're back! Yeah, welcome everyone. That was, good morning, that was real good smooth. afternoon, that was real or smooth. good evening, whenever the heck you're listening to this. We're back for season two on the Week Pastors Podcast, and we are so excited to be here live in person. Story. In person. I mean, it's not, no, it's not live. It's just in oh, person. No, it's not live. That's it's right. Not, don't, false I'm advertising. I'm literally sitting across from Suo Huang. This is a historic moment mm-hmm. in the life of our podcast. It is. It is. We thought season two, first episode, we got to do it in person. And it's awesome. Welcome to New Jersey. Welcome back. Welcome. New Jersey food is so good. So good. So all I've been Asian doing is Korean eating. Food. Like all I've been doing is eating and eating. Yeah, because you're out of meat and potato eating. country, which is great. Corn. Corn, meat, potato, corn country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's so good. It's so good. It's so good for us to do this together like this. At Pastor Peter's house. At my house, mm-hmm. uh, which is really cool. And uh, we're just really excited to bring you season two. And listen, we have a couple people. Not a, I, I would like to say several, but it's been, I would say, about three, four people that are like, why are you guys taking such a long break? Why the two-month hiatus? Sua, why? Why do we have to take two months off? We need a break. That's right. <laughs> you know what? No, it's uh, well. A big part of it is because my my kids don't go to school during the summer. Yeah, yeah. And so unless you guys want to hear podcasts with my children in the background, that's mostly right. Mostly complaining about the other one being in the other one's space, and yeah. she put her leg on my chair and this kind of stuff that siblings fight about. I feel like it was probably best, but we have been trying to figure out ways to make it even better for season two. That's right. Right? Pastor yep. Peter's been practicing by himself in the car on his drives <laughs> back and right, forth from right, working that's out. Right. Yes, that's right. Well, we're really excited to bring you season two, and uh, we're hoping every week we'll bring you something fresh, a new topic. But also, I just want to thank all of our listeners, uh, the folks who have actually contacted me personally and just have said that they really love listening to us. Uh, it's thank pretty you. cool. This is season one, is just sort of like we're just trying to figure things out. And I think in season two, we're going to continue to do a lot of this. We might have some more guests kind of join us. Mm-hmm, we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. But we're excited to bring you season two. And today we have an important topic. Before we do that, Sua, I wanted to ask you a very important Here question. We Here we, we go. We, we are go. indeed back. That's right. We are, we are indeed back are with indeed the crazy back. questions. Oh, yeah, the crazy questions. <laughs> the but, crazy uh, questions. Yeah, crazy questions. Uh, so the question I want to ask you is simply this. So, Listening back or thinking about everything we've shared mm-hmm. on season one, mm-hmm. do you have a regret of sharing a piece of information on the sh- podcast that you said, you know what? I maybe shouldn't have shared that. I okay, shouldn't I have, have two. shared that. I have you two. have two. What? I have two. Well, the first one's a little funnier. Okay. Um, but just as, just as um, traumatizing. Okay. Um, when I talked about my toe thumbs, now I guess people didn't notice my toe thumbs, yeah. but now they know. Can I can I see them so, in real life? Not in here. Oh yeah! Holy smokes! Okay, listen. Can you like can toes. you c- control your facial expression? Okay, oh. don't look so revolted. Wait, and you said that um, you can't do press on nails, right? Because they have to. They do don't fit. So, like my friend, shout out to Clara. My friend Clara <laughs> gave me a gift on my visit this time when wait, I hung wait, out with she, she gave nails? me she gave me these like nail stickers like wraps that you stick on your nails but I told her I said I don't know if I can use these because um, there's not going to be one that matches my thumb but she knew you had toe thumbs I guess she didn't get to that episode oh, <laughs> well now she knows so anyway the reason why I regret it is because people had not noticed them but now when I'm seeing people they're like hey let me see your thumbs <laughs> yeah. but you know it's just your thumb your other nails are fine it's yeah, just the that's thumb that's why it's toe. weirder 
Huh. I have one That's deformed. Interesting. Interesting. Thumb. So anyway, that one's the first one. Okay. The second one is um, it's not really a regret, but it's okay. just I think John wishes that I. Like, <laughs> <laughs> because people in his job is they're bothering him. So I have had a couple of not a lot, but like a couple of um, of his John's colleagues? John's colleagues' okay. spouses okay. listen to the podcast. Yeah. And John, I think, just wants to die. <laughs> Because particularly probably about the sex episode, like there's no reason why his partners need to know the rate at which we have sex. Um, <laughs> the monsoon. And the, yeah, the monsoon, yeah, yeah. the tsunami of sexual That's bliss. Right. I mean, all of this. So, you know, I don't particularly regret it, but I think John sometimes probably No, man, John's going to hold his head up high because the man got it. He's doing it, man. He's like, you know, he's... That's like a like a badge of honor, you know, kind of a sure thing. Sure, it is. No, uh, listen. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good thing. So, okay, well, listen, let me John, ask you then. What do you walk regret? with your swag, John? I want when you walk to the OR next time, you better walk with a strut. You know, he wears like you're the man, John. You are the man. All right. He does wear cowboy boots now. Um, not to the OR. Sometimes he does. No, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. We're in the Midwest were, now. This is what Crocs. we do. They wear Crocs in the OR, don't they? Like the surgeons. They do sometimes, but sometimes he wears his boots. I mean. <laughs> all right, John. John, when I go visit you, you better not put on those cowboy boots, man. All right. But you know what, though? I've been watching Yellowstone. Oh, no. I absolutely love Yellowstone. So this is why John is like, no, now, no. he wants to move to Montana. So you know what I want? I want the hat. I never, ever wanted a cowboy hat. But watching all the seasons, I'm like, man, I want a cowboy hat. I want to wear a cowboy hat because it looks so cool. Don't you have a really big head? I do. I, it'd be hard <laughs> to find my size. I mean, but you know what? Because it's so big. You can get a custom. You get a custom hat. So I'm going to one day, I'm going to buy one. If anyone wants to buy me a cowboy hat, please go for it. And I want to wear it during the podcast one day. I think that'll be pretty cool. You have cool. to find the right one that fits yeah. your. But look. watching Yellowstone, I, I actually really the Dutton want a Ranch. Hat. Yeah, the Dutton Ranch. And John really wants his um ra- one of his ranch well, jackets. Well, listen, John, you 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 live in a farm, so at least that's at least you're there. It's you're not a farm. There. You're it's almost there. It's not a farm. Oh. We have no living anything other than <laughs> ourselves. We, so, this, John, <laughs> listen, when you walk to the OR, you got to start working on a strut. Because you the man. You the man, John. Swag. Right? You got some swag. Dripping to with you, swag. You're dripping with swag. All right. So the thing I regret, yeah, I have tell one us. thing I really, really oh, regret. No. What is it? Is sharing my SAT score. You know, I, oh, I, I, I re-listened to the podcast. But nobody believes it anyway. No, no, no. I re-listened to the podcast and I'm like, why did I even share that? <laughs> because you, you were like, trying to dupe me. That's right. why. Oh, we're just talking. The episode was about sex. I know. Why did I bring up my SAT score? Why did you? There is no reason for me to bring. Like, I should have saved that for some other time when we're talking about other things. But like, like yeah, you were sharing about your dream of like <laughs> not knowing where to go to class. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, why did I just somehow the segue way, into that? I just want to say, right? I just want to say that shout out to our faithful listener tina chen wayne she messaged me after that episode air and she says sue i just want you to know i have the exact same recurring dream as you wow so i think it's like a common theme i feel like steve bang may have said he has it too Uh, no 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 steve bang definitely doesn't have it Uh, how how do you know it's only the nerds man it's only the nerds that have. i I just feel like it's not about grades it's about grades it's about grades you know what i would really love like maybe you'll go get a phd one day and i would love to see you fail something like I, academically. I'm sorry. We, we already talked about my giant failure at Metro, remember? 
It's just, but that's just one thing, and it wasn't really your fault because uh, it totally somebody, was. Somebody convinced you to do something that yeah, you but I went along done. with it, so exactly. it was kind of a failure. Exactly. But I feel like that is not the nicest thing to wish upon your co podcast partner <laughs> that they have a giant no, no. failure we can, in we their can, life. We can shoot an episode and, see, and we can process it like live as you're going yeah, but you know that. i'm not good at processing things in real time so it would have to be like 10 years later you. if our podcast still exists <laughs> i'll come back and you know you know this is out. nice i i wish we had a studio where we could do this live. like you should move back to jersey is this it is so much better does this feel different it feels very different because usually I'm just seeing you on a screen. I actually get to see your toe thumbs like live in person. And uh, oh, you can I'm giving do it. heart. She's doing a heart. I you know, but it. it's, it's a fine. very lopsided heart. No, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, just one side's a little thicker than the other. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it works. Thanks. I wouldn't have been able to see that if we did it online. But now that I can't I'm shooting, see it. I'm shooting finger hearts. That's right. That's right. But anyway, so uh, so that's my regret. My SAT score. Like, there's no reason for me to have shared But why that. do you regret it? Have people been like accosting no, you I'm and just, saying what's wrong with yeah, you? I, th I think there's a, a thing of shame there. No one's ever talked to me about it, but I'm sure you said people have talked to you about it but nobody's really but talked to me about there, it. Th it wasn't like, I can't believe. He, it was more yeah. like, I do not believe. Yeah, right, that he, right. There's no way. Like he's, don't believe. No, I don't. I, I, I don't. I wish, I don't know how to recall that and get and get it as a factual But it's evidence. a long time ago, it's so you might just ago. not be remembering it. No, 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 no. I, no. So listen, I know I have bad memory, but I have selective. There's some things I never forget. Like I still remember the outfit my wife wore on our first date. What was she wearing on her she first had, date? She doesn't even remember. Like, you don't remember what you had wore? She's like, no. I was like, you had the long, the long sleeve Aeropostale shirt, the navy blue. Aeropostale. Yeah, long sleeve oh, Aeropostale with your navy blue jeans, uh, dark navy blue jeans. That's what you had on on our first date. So I remember stuff What were like you that. wearing on your first date? I have no idea. Oh, so you don't yeah, remember I don't that. remember what I went, oh. but there's certain things I never forget. That I, that's unforgettable. That that's uh. an unforgettable thing in my life. So anyway, I regret sharing that, and so you know, I thought, yeah, I could have saved that for some other time. But why did I bring that up when we were, when we were talking? You about just see the irony sex? of this. It's like we're bringing it up again. <laughs> I know, I know. And the people who haven't even that. listened to that episode now are listening not, to this one, being like, well, they're gonna just go back and hey, look for it. You gotta go back to the sex episode and listen <laughs> if you want to know. All right. So it's it's still a, it's still a sort oh of a moot gosh. point because there's still some element of shame there. But anyway, yeah. We're so working on it. We're working we're on working it. Anyway, on but today we have an important... Hey, that's uh, a good segue. Yeah, we have a very important topic, and that's it is a really... Mm -hmm. That's a really good segue, you're right. You're so smooth. Man. Smooth and, operator. Know, I, I wish that was pre-planned, but it's just never pre-planned. <laughs> so anyway, but we want to talk today about false identities, because I think that's something that we all struggle with, and I've struggled with it for so many uh, for so long in my own life. And it's it's a it's a terrible it's a terrible thing to have. It's it's an enemy in your life. It's not a friend. It's an enemy. It'll destroy you because uh, you when we have false identities or you know Brendan Manning calls it the uh, the imposter. When we live with this imposter in our lives, then we're not able to embrace how God's created us, mm -hmm. and we're certainly not able to love ourselves the way God loves us mm -hmm. because we're we're. We're, you know, we're embracing this imposter. And the scary thing about it, just because somebody who has personal experience on this, is that the longer you live and the longer you allow the imposter to take its sort of public place in life, you start to believe that that's you, but it's not. 
because when you're home in private, it just absolutely destroys so, everything. What do you mean? Like, can you define what you mean when you say imposter? Because you probably have read about it so much and you've preached yeah. about it, but there's people out here literally wondering what do you mean yeah. by it? So the, the imposter is the false self, all right? So, you know, growing up in my own home, um, you know, my parents, this, this is the best example I can give. My parents, you know, we all went to church. My father was an elder and all that stuff. And, and like, they would literally be fighting in the car up until we get to the parking lot. Mm. But once we get out of the car, it's like the imposter. It's like showtime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they walk into church and they're just like, hallelujah, God bless you, God bless you. And they're at church and, and they're, you know, they're, they're doing their spiritual thing. Mm-hmm. It's not their true self. They were yelling and cursing at each mm-hmm. other in the car. And then all of a sudden they come in and, and they're portraying an image where they want people to see. The imposter is there because we long for the approval of other mm-hmm. people. And the more, you, the more you long for the approval of other people, the more you create this imposter and, 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 and the longer you do that, the more you begin to believe that that's really you. But it's not because when you're home, you're a very different person. And so like there's such a difference, there's such a discrepancy, discrepancy when you're home and when you're out in public. And, uh, and that's the imposter. The imposter is this false self that you want people to see so they can love you, so they can you know, give you the clap. My God, mm-hmm. you're so amazing. That's the imposter. And so we all have gone through that at some point in our lives. Have you ever gone through the imposter? Well, I was going to say, though, I mean, yes. The, the what, short what answer is, is yes. No, but before, okay, so okay. I will go yeah. into mine, but I wanted to ask, like, isn't that just a part of being human, though? Like, to want the, I'm not saying we should base every single sure. decision of our lives on the approval of others, but if you don't care at all how others view you, you're a bit of a sociopath. Like, yeah. that's also not. So I guess my question is like, how do you know that you have this imposter that's taking over your life versus you're just trying to live life with other people and not be um, offending them all the time or something like that? It's an excellent question. I, I think the one thing that's helped me over the years is this, that I'm able to sleep at night when somebody doesn't like me. When you know that when somebody's I know, mad when at I you know or doesn't like you. people in my life. I see, okay. Then I know that the imposter is not taking over because if the imposter or this false self that you create is really strong because you, because you created this character and this character is supposed to be loved by mm-hmm, everyone, mm-hmm. right? And when, when somebody doesn't love you, when somebody's upset with you or mm-hmm. they make a criticism and things like that, if I can still sleep at night, then I know that at the end, the imposter doesn't have that much power over my life. But if I can't, and I'm so bothered by it, you know, it's so amazing because somebody can say like a hundred compliments to you, mm-hmm. but they can say one bad thing. Somebody, a hundred people can say to me, Peter, I loved your sermon this Sunday. But then the one person could be like, Mm-mm, it wasn't good. You know, you like, it just, the exegesis was horrible in your passage. You always remember the criticism yeah. over the hundred. Yeah. Like, that's one versus a hundred. Like, look at the number, the percentage right. of that. 99% of the people loved it, 1% didn't. But yet, that 1% really bothers you. And so I think when the imposter takes over, you're always focused on the people who don't like you. And your, your job is to, you just want everyone to like you and that has tremendous ramifications like in marriage mm-hmm. because in marriage what happens many times you don't care if your wife approves of you or not like you can just be yourself but then when your spouse sees you outside and they see that you're this go lucky happy optimistic guy mm-hmm. everyone loves mm-hmm. you and they're like you're like the greatest guy the the most perfect person in the world uh you you feed into it but then your spouse sees but you're not like that at home your kids see that but mom and dad you're not like that at home so this is very interesting to me because you as you're talking about it 
it's I'm giving I'm getting the impression that this is something that you've also personally struggled with. Yes. But this is very interesting to me because having known you, yeah. this is gonna come off sounding terrible, but it's like you almost to me personally, having yeah. watched you work for five years and known you before that and after that, um, not as your like employee, but just like as a friend and yeah. you know, congregation member, it almost would seem to me that you're like incapable of being an imposter because you do things um and you just almost seem to have like not have the ability to fake things Mm -hmm. because you do things at work and like i said we'll be like well as long as he doesn't do it on sunday but then you go and do it on sunday (laughs) or like i always joke about how you created this persona of like i am who i am and i can't fake anything and so it's very weird to me when you say you would put up a front because i i just are you capable of putting up a front well i think I'm, i'm much better now but this is like probably like when you first maybe started coming to the church. This was like at year four or five. Like, yeah, in my twenties and thirties, early thirties, um, I was all about. So, give me an example okay. of what that sure. looked like in the beginning sure. of your sure. pastoral journey. Sure. Uh, you know, so for me, uh, I, I would say a couple things. Number one, um, I had this sort of this image where I wanted everyone to know that I was a great husband. Okay. Um, Jenny and I are doing great. That was an imposter that I am this awesome husband. The other thing that I did was uh, that I am like, you know, like I am the greatest preacher in the world. Like I, I wanted to be like the pastor where everyone wanted to, mm. to speak. You know, I show, I share this in season one a lot, but you know, the greatest temptation every pastor struggles with is not the things you lust after. The greatest temptation is that you want to be lusted after. Right, you right. want to be spiritually lusted right. after. You want people to invite you to things. And so for me, when I got on a plane and I went somewhere, I felt very validated. Mm. Um, I couldn't take criticism back then in the beginning. Somebody said, you know what, I don't know. I remember when we first started our church, somebody like, we were doing core building stage and this is before we launched. And somebody says, I don't ever want to be a part of the core team because I've never heard Peter preach. Oh. And I was like, you suck. I don't like you very much <laughs> for you even saying that. Okay, so now I got to prove myself. You know, that kind of yeah. thing. And so there was, there was always that sense of approval. Um, I couldn't sleep if somebody was upset with me at mm-hmm. church because of something that I did. I really wanted everyone to like me and love me and be pleased with me. And so for me, I couldn't, like, I would even say I'm sorry, even though I didn't do anything wrong, so that I can keep the peace and people could, could, um, yeah, could just like me and approve of, of me in that way. And so imposter, that syndrome the the manifestation that like the 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 foundation of 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 this imposter syndrome is rooted in our lack of uh like low Mm self-esteem um it's it's just lack of self-confidence you know and so because you don't have a strong foundation in knowing who you are and accepting your limitations your good stuff and all that stuff because you can't accept that and just this is who i am take it or leave it um you try to become somebody else that's the problem i feel like though um it goes even beyond, and I know that's this is not what you mean, but I think it goes beyond even having low self-confidence or yeah. self-image because I consider myself a pretty confident person. I don't really think I've struggled really with self-image necessarily, but I have definitely struggled with wanting to present a false version of myself out mm-hmm. into the world. And I think for me, it was more to do with the seeking of the approval. Sure. And I don't, I mean, I guess they're somewhat tied to the self-confidence and self-image and self-esteem. But I think for me, it was like, okay, so I've thought about this and I grew up in very small communities, um, 
in the beginning, when I remember, it was like in Guatemala. Guatemala. A very small Korean yes. community yeah. where everybody knows everybody else's yeah. business. Um, everyone knows what grades the other mm-hmm. family's kids are getting, who's doing what. And then I grew up in like a small Korean community in Bergen County yeah. in a small church. Um, I think that because the communities were so small, um, this is going to come off sounding like no, such an a- a-hole. It's okay if you're an a-hole. Go I know. I'm like, I know. It's okay. This is <laughs> all the right. imposter syndrome. Yeah, this is who I am. Okay. Be an a-hole. Let's go. So be, remember, there were at, at the time when I was living in Guatemala, there were a total of like 100 Koreans in the entire country. Wow. 1988. Wow. Okay. So imagine out of that, yeah. the Korean Christian community, yeah. we were the first Korean church in Guatemala. Wow. It was like 25 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. It grew it's to maybe like 70 people. I know. Yeah. So we would, but we would still have these like, um, like I don't know what you call them in, but like body worship contests. Yeah. We would have like Bible memorizing contests. Yeah. And guess who won all of them? Sue Huang. Sue Huang. Yeah. So, and then people would always be like, "Oh, your daughter is like so clever. Like your daughter is so smart." And then like it kind of, and then I go to go to like a smaller Korean community. Same thing, right? Yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. a really small community. Yeah. It's not because I think I'm so great. It's just like it was a small community, okay. and so you get praised a lot. Yeah. So then I think. I felt like I had to live up to this, like, oh, I, I have to be the charmed kid. Like, yeah. I, I want to put, and I don't want to embarrass my parents. Yeah. And I was the older kid also. And my brother was a bit of a black sheep. Like, he made some questionable choices. And so there was that pressure on my part of, like, well, my parents need at least one good yeah. kid. Yeah. So I always kind of took on that identity of, like, I'm yeah. going to make the good choices. I am the good kid. Right? So I think that kind of follows you. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I don't know, Sue, if that's imposter syndrome. Um, I think that's part of, you What know, is it then? You know, I think that's part of um, you having a high level of emotional intelligence where you know you can really connect well with people in, in a certain ways. And I think it's giving a, a good impression of yourself. It's not You're not being fake necessarily, but you're really accessing some of the charming gifts that you have that you charming can't connect, gifts. right? Yeah, you know, so I think th- that's different. You're kind of a charismatic, spunky kind of person. So I don't think you're trying to be okay, fake. Okay, but what about this? Yeah. Okay, now you're. I'm just gonna run things past you. Yeah, you yeah. tell me if I'm being imposter okay. syndrome or yep. not. Um, so that was all fine, but I, I definitely think when I started trying to make choices for my life, mm-hmm. there were definitely things. Okay, you know what? Let me use a very recent example, and I've talked about this in the past um, episodes. But transitioning into a stay-at-home mom, yeah, that was really hard for me. I'm sure because. Yeah. I wanted to be perceived as mm-hmm. somebody who was successful mm-hmm. um, in life. I mean, I guess this goes with a running theme of my dreams, but somebody who was not a failure, somebody mm-hmm. who had succeeded. Yeah. I wanted people to um, look at my life and validate it and saying yeah. like, oh, she has a good life. Yeah. And I felt like, I think part of why the transition to stay-at-home mom was so difficult was because I felt like people are going to see me. It wasn't even so much that I felt like a failure. Mm-hmm. I think if I really think about it, it was because I didn't feel like a failure. Yeah. But I think the difficulty was that I thought others would perceive me to be mm. a failure. And I think there's a difference sure. there. Um, Major, yeah. Yeah. So I didn't feel like a failure. I thought I thought I was thriving. Like I was really happy. But mm. the thing that made me not be fully happy was, oh man, others are going to look at my life. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if I am happy or not. They're just going to think I'm a failure. Yeah. And that hurt. Yeah. Um, and I think that's not healthy. Yeah. You know? I think it just has to be a, a healthy balance of that. But that's not an, again, I don't think. That's, that's not a, an imposter no, syndrome. No, oh, so not. maybe I don't have imposter, imposter syndrome. syndrome. But, but have okay. You ever had an imposter syndrome. Like for me, so here, 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 
I'll give you a couple examples yeah, okay. for me. All right. Yeah. So when I was a little kid growing up, um, you know, we moved to Bergen County, Palisades Park, and middle class. It's like a middle mm-hmm, class. Mm-hmm. We were so poor. Mm-hmm. So my imposter syndrome was that I lied about, like, I told my close friends, oh, yeah, we have, like, we had a quarter acre land in Florida. Why Florida? That my father got (laughs) caught into buying, right? Back in those days. And he was just paying, it was just an empty Mm. vacant lot. But I told my friends, yeah, I have a three acre uh, lot. I have a three acre area down there. We have horses. It's like a great place. I would say these crazy things. Do you think they believed you? Sua. No, they didn't because they're too smart. I'm sure they didn't believe me, but they went up with it. And I got to the point where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be here for the next two weeks, so we're going to Florida. So I would say that, and then I would call them from my house in New Jersey and be like, <laughs> Did they not have oh, caller hey, ID? George, you're doing well? Okay, buddy. Oh, hey, well, hold on one second. I want to take a dip on my pool. <laughs> I mean, you did not do that. No, Sua, You I did not. Sua, I am incredulous. You, I promise you I did. That's an imposter. It's this, I want you to believe that my family actually have some money that we're not, like, because mm. I felt like complete losers. You know, like, we couldn't live certain, like, we shopped at West New York when every one of my friends went to the Gap. They went to the mall. Like, I don't know what's, what it's like to shop at the mall. Like, my mom took us mm. to West New York and we got went into those discounted stores and, and we would shop for clothes. Like, you know, I didn't have Levi jeans. I had Sergio Valente jeans, you know, and stuff like that. And you don't even that know what that is. That sounds even fancier. No, it's not fancier. So you don't know what that is. Do you have Mavi so jeans? I had, you know, like my sisters had to buy Jordache and, you know, Wait, Jordache like is very nice. No, no, not back. I don't think it, it was cheap back in those days because you would get them in West New York. So anyway, but I would say really? we had to get even the lesser versions of those. And like for my mom, there was always like, we cannot spend more than like $15, $20 on a pair of clothes, you know, whatever it might be. Uh, like jeans and stuff like that and my like my sneakers my mom used to buy my shop right they used to sell sneakers. i didn't know they sold sneakers, they sold at, sneakers, shop sneakers right. at shop right so like and then you know i think because this is sort of like a, a you know not middle class but blue collar middle class neighborhood kids would make fun mm. of you if you don't have name brand stuff like they yeah. would be like what what the heck is that you got yeah. on like on your shoe so i think like because of the shame that i felt yeah. Yeah. i had to create a different sense of who i am to other people and pretend mm. so that i stop living in that shame so i think shame is really the heart of where the imposter syndrome comes from because shame is that whole thing of you know you're not capable of making a mistake shame teaches you that you are the mistake so when you feel like a mistake you feel like man i'm not lovable i don't think i'm really lovable what what you do then is you create the imposter somebody that you think can be lovable and you create that person and you hope that people will be receptive and you do it sometimes to impress people. You want them to be like, oh, this person, you know, wow, this person did good. And so, yeah, that's why I lied about my SAT score. <laughs> no, that's but, an imposter syndrome. But I feel like this is so hard. Because, it is so hard. No, because, I mean, yes, obviously, that's Captain Obvious over here. But I feel like the reason why I say that is because it's not, I'm trying to think of a scenario in which a person grows up in a poor family or an abusive family yeah. or, you know, added to the That's list my family. <laughs> <laughs> um, and doesn't have yeah. imposter syndrome. Yeah. It's so contextual yeah. and it's so, so, okay, for example, like let's say hypothetically I don't have imposter syndrome. Yeah. I had a very interesting family growing up because my family was relatively stable, financially upper middle class yep. until until I hit the end of high school. Mm. But by then, I think my formative years were done. Mm. 
Yeah. So I think that's right. I think a lot of times you carry who you are that's right. from your very formative right. years. Yep. And so I sometimes joke yep. with my mom, like, thank God my dad's business went bankrupt after I was formed. That's because right. I do think, I mean, we're laughing about it, but it's a very real thing. And Absolutely. I think if my dad's business had gone kaput during like my middle school, pre middle school yeah. to like early high school years, I would have had a very different self image. And that's why I say I think it's so hard because it's not even something that's you, it's yep. a lot of your surroundings and your family and like yep. that. So, do you know anybody who went through a, like a life like that who doesn't have imposter no, syndrome? No, I don't. I don't. I think they've grown out of it. How? And, I mean, part of it is you got to become more emotionally healthy. Like the only way I was able to get through it was I actually had to be really content with how God made me with my limitations. And this is who I am. Take it or leave it. The person who does that really well in my life is my wife. So my wife grew up poor, but you know she has such a strong family life mm. that her identity was secure in who she was. And she, it didn't impact her in any way. Be, like she didn't have to get approval from anyone else. And she's just kind of like, yeah, you can like me, you can hate me, I don't care. Like that's fine. I'm not here to you know make you like me. Mm. She's so secure in who she is. That's one of the things I really admire about her because she knows who she is. She's never out to impress anyone, you know, and stuff like that. And so like, but she had a real strong family. And so I think if, if you grew up in an upbringing where you have a very strong family and like my, I would say my father and mother-in-law, they never faked anything. They are who they are and that's it, you know? Do and you so, think part of that was helpful because they didn't grow up in a Christian church context? Probably, probably. Because don't you think the church kind of almost forces up. you yeah, to yeah. present? Like trying to be more spiritual than yeah. you really are. Yeah, because there's so stuff. much judgment there. Right, right. So yeah, maybe. So I think like it all, I think, I think it starts from like, what kind of home did you grow up in? Mm-hmm. How do, you know, were you loved by your parents? Did you see your parents create an imposter right, syndrome? Because right. if you see that in your parents, sometimes you can hate that so much that you actually try to live more of an authentic life or... You just follow into right. it because you know you know like the apple doesn't fall fall far far from the tree, and so it all depends. But it's so deep. And if you're listening today, and you're hearing this, like, do you really fear people's disapproval of you? Like, listen, I think like you said, Sua. I think it's important to care about it at some levels because if you don't, then you're just an a hole, right? Like, it's just <laughs> you know. And, and sometimes people who don't care, they're doing that because. They don't want to get hurt anymore. Right, right. So that's like their mechanism. I'd rather have you hate mm-hmm, me because mm-hmm. I'm doing something really bad because that's at least acceptable it's to like me. It's like self-sabotage. If I try to love you yeah. and you still hate me. Yeah. The pain of it's that the is rejection. so much. Yeah. That, that rejection is too much that I'm just going to you know, right, walk away. Right. So I think like if you're listening to this and you're in a place where you continue to put yourself out there where it's not really you and you're so afraid that people won't accept the real you. Um, and sometimes that even happens in marriage, which is really sad, you know, and stuff. Uh, we, we have to get to a place where we can grow out of that. And I think it really starts with, with you know, what we've talked about a lot of times in season one is just you got to get real vulnerable. You got to be willing to share the secrets in your life that nobody knows about. Because when you start there, then you're going to be able to see somebody listening to those things still accept you for mm-hmm. it. And then you're going to realize it's not as bad as you think because the, the sort of the imaginations that we have, our dark side will tell us nobody will love you if you tell them you mm-hmm, did this. Mm-hmm. And that's the inner voice that always says, and I think that's the inner voice of the enemy, Satan saying, if you share this, it's over. And so that's why I think vulnerability is such a key component to healthy spiritual life, that path of growing. Yeah. I think it's great. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend that you start that. I think counseling is really important, especially if you've gone through abuse and things like that. You need somebody. I recently went to my counselor and I got a tune up and it was like, 
I could hug the guy. I mean, it was just so good. He was just helping me see things that I was not able to see. You need a professional to help you to mm -hmm. process yeah. some of the things that you're really struggling with and that you can't figure it out. We're, we're just so incapable of trying to figure out our crap that, uh, that we need other people to help us with that process. So, you know, things like that. But I think you need to involve others in your life to just accept who you really are and, uh, and just a desire to want to live better because at the end, if you have an imposter, here's the greatest, I think, byproduct of it. You just don't have peace. Mm -hmm. You won't be able to sleep at night. You really won't. You struggle. I think people who really struggle sometimes, that one of the things, people who struggle with insomnia, yes, abuse, trauma, all those things. But I think another, another group of folks struggle to sleep because they're just not at peace with who they are and they always have to live a fake life and they're killing their soul in the process. And we have to stop that. We have, especially if you're a follower of God, like you're, you're a Christian, like Jesus died for the real you. He didn't die for right, the fake right. you. And so if you keep portraying that fake you to other people, then you're living a life in which you're embracing a life that Jesus didn't come and die for. He came and died for the re real you. You know, we say I say this a lot, warts and all, and you have to embrace it. You have no offense to, to people with warts. No offense. And I have warts. I used to have warts. My oh, sister, gosh. My sister used to have a ton of warts. It's, I mean, I guess it just, like you said, it goes down to that whole question of do we really believe that God loves us? Yes. Not the fake version we present, not the one that we want to be, not, you know, any of that, but does God really love us? And I think that is the age-old question that the enemy has always used, starting with even Adam in the garden, of like, well, does God really love you? Like, yeah. is that really the yeah. loving thing that God yeah. wants you to do? And I think we always doubt and you're right that's why it's so powerful when we have you know a close friend or soulmate or whatever validating that yeah. to us because yes we may believe that god loves us but sometimes that's such an abstract yeah. Yeah. thing yeah. you know yeah god loves us but what does that actually look like yeah. and when we see that modeled in like the physical presence of a godly friend or soulmate and they are accepting us yes. like you said warts yeah. and all for who we are, yep. then we can really feel that love of God. Like, That's no, right. He loves us just yes. as we are. And yes. it is so powerful to get that in the physical um, human yeah. version, you know, as a reflection of God's love for us. Yeah. So, you know what's kind of annoying about you, Sua? Oh, is, God, what? <laughs> what? That, I don't think you've really lived a life with an imposter. But you know what? It kind of pisses me off a little bit. <laughs> like, but why? you don't, but why you do don't you think. A, why do you get a pass at this? But you don't think that's why you're no, I mean, I may or may not have. I don't know. I have to kind of go home and think about what do you, the imposter do you sleep syndrome well? is. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you sleep like a log. <laughs> that's I, a good that's when, a good telltale of when, you are who you are. Like, listen, I know that you like you know, you, you have more of a you know, outgoing personality, so people are drawn to you and things like that. Like you're you know, you're here in New Jersey. Everyone wants to hang out with you. you that's been, not true. You must have been so exhaust exhausted yesterday. That's you know, not true. Like that. No, it is true. Trust me. I love I mean people want to hang out, they want to connect with you, they love you, all that. That's part of it. But I think, yeah, like I just think like you you never really had to in one point in your life. Like when you share with us in season one about that episode when you were growing up as a little kid and these girls just decided yes. not to be your friend. Yes. I mean that's deep trauma that maybe could have caused you to spiral into a place where you could have now created this imposter, you know, like where you're going to just create this imposter so that you're just loved and liked and that's it. And you're going to portray something you're never going to be honest and real about how you feel and things like that. So, uh, but you know, I think for me, like, like, I guess what's bothering me or not bothering me, annoying is that you've gone through some stuff too. It's not like you haven't, but, and somewhere along the line, like my wife, you figured out like, this is who I am, 
and just I'm going to live my life the best I can, um, you know, with little things here and there. But you've never like dealt with this shame where you felt like you had to show a different side of you to other people so that you can win their approval. So it now, is that. No. So is ami- it's admirable. I wish I, I like, <laughs> I'm at that place now. But when I was a kid growing up and even like up until my 30s, early 30s, I was just I just lived for but I think approval. it's a one of those things that I can't, if, if this is true, I don't think I can like really take credit for it because a lot of it I think is just how I am like yeah. from the very beginning. And I say that because like I was joking with somebody yesterday about how um, I was asking her, um, oh, like what are your kids like? Because they're now in middle school and high school. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of see what kind of people they are. Like you can see the fabric that yeah. they're made of. And she was like, oh, I don't know. Like they're still kind of young. And th- Except I was reading my diaries and I am exactly who I was when I was in fifth grade. Like I have not changed much, you know? <laughs> that's, that's my wife too. But like, I mean, I mean, I haven't even grown that much more since fifth grade, <laughs> let's be real. But in general, like, yes, I've, I've matured. Yeah, but yeah. the basic yeah. of who I am, like, fundamentally has not really changed. I still think the same way. I still view the world in a very similar way. And so that's why I say like, it's interesting because yeah, I was, I think this is just my personality. It's just my temperament. It's also the fact that my family was pretty stable. Um, And you know what? You're right. Like, I think it plays a big role, the family background. Maybe not even like, I mean, the money part definitely, financial definitely helps. But I think because um, I was never made to feel like I had anything to be ashamed mm-hmm. of in my family. Like I was always proud of who mm-hmm. I was. Um, it goes with everything. Even with my relationship with John, for example, um, people will, after the sex episode air, and now we're going back to sex. But after the sex episode air, people said to me like, so didn't John like pressure you to have sex? Mm-hmm. Like While before you, you got yeah, 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 married? Yeah. The answer is actually no. John did not ever pressure me to have sex. Dang, John, you better um, be that OR with a major <laughs> swag now, bro. You better be swinging those arms, um, brother. But here's that's godly But here's you, why bro. it's funny. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, so why? Because I didn't know at the time. I was yeah. like 20, so I didn't know that it's not normal for men to, yeah, you know, not pressure you their girlfriends. You said if you try to do that, I I'll never break said up that. You. I you never, never said that. that. No, but I said to John, I said, "How come you never tried?" Granted, and he's Christian he too. He's know. Christian too. Yeah, yeah. But he said, "Oh, I knew without a trace of a doubt that if I tried to even move, like make a move on you, you would break up with me on the spot." And the thing is, I would have because yeah. I would have said, "You're not respecting my boundaries. Dang. You're not respecting my beliefs." But I think. I would have. I would yeah. 100% would have broken up with him. You're a fundy. I'm a fundy, but I think it's also... <laughs> Bringing the fun back in fundamentals. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's my motto in life. But I think it's because I never felt like I was unlovable. Yeah. And so I yes. never had a moment where yes. I felt like if he leaves me, yeah. I will never... Nobody yeah. will ever love me again. Yeah. I was very secure in my beliefs and who I was. And so for me, it was always like all right, you're going to do that. I'm going to leave you and somebody else will love me. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll find somebody else yeah, to love. And yeah. I never felt like that was not an option for me. Yeah. And I think it's very, and that all comes from, I think your upbringing and like yeah. that context. Yeah. That's why it's hard to say like, oh man, like I'm awesome. Yeah. Because if I had been thrown into a very yeah. different family situation, yeah. it would have looked ex- yeah. entirely different. Yeah. You know, right. so if you have anyone to take it out with, you should take it out with God, not me. <laughs> God is the one who's annoying, it, not me. It's hard for me to focus on what you're saying. You know why? Because I can't stop looking at your lips. What's wrong with my lips <laughs> no, no, now? No, I'm just saying your lips are not proportionate because you show me that high school picture. My lips are normal now. Yeah, but back then, <laughs> I'm just thinking. So listen, you maybe have not changed much like 
like like in that way like like internally but externally your lips are now proportionate can i just say biceps. after that episode in that picture i'm like after girl. after that episode <laughs> aired i've had um a nameless um certain pastor on staff at metro message me every time i post a picture of myself like wow look at those normal sized lips <laughs> I'm serious. Your your lips have evolved and now they're no. But you know what though? Like I, you know, I got. I am say making this. a face at you yeah, right let, now. Let's 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 talk a little bit about your your physical your face right now. That's not even like you're, part of what we're talking about. Yeah. All right. Before, but I do have an important thing to say. But I'll just say this too. Also, like you know, your eyes. What's wrong with my eyes now? Like you didn't have eye surgery. No. Oh, it's like perfect flat. You, you got. I have lopsided eyes. eyes. You have very western eyes. A little bit. Western, yeah. But you have very western eyes. Yeah. But is I mean is that a good thing? Yeah, no. Usually Koreans like even if they have big eyes, it's not like that line is not like that sankopu is not like really perfect. But I'm looking like I'm noticing it's like it looks like you had surgery. You know, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with having surgery. No, absolutely. I not. probably I mean let's face it, I probably if I didn't have it, I would have had it. Like pretty much my gen- I think especially my generation, it was when everybody got it done. I have it, it too, though. Look. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you see? You have a They're pretty small. big one, actually. Nah. Yeah, but I don't have big eyes. That's small It's eyes. called soksankapul. Yes. Where it's, it's like inside. It's but if I go like this, you can see it. But that's what you want the men to have. <laughs> really? Yeah, because I, uh, my mom used to always get grossed out by men who have really large. You know what the scientific <laughs> term for that sankapul, for those who don't speak Korean? What is the scientific it's term? It's an epicanthic fold. What the heck is that? That's literally the name for it. And you know what's very interesting? I was actually reading the Wikipedia entry for Epicanthic Fold a while back. We are so tangent. We're going to... It's okay. okay. This is very interesting. They said all Europeans have the Epicanthic Fold except those who have Down syndrome. Yep. Did you know that? Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Why? That's just part of the genetics. So every single European or European descendant American has Sangapur, the epicanthic yeah. fold, the double eyelid or yeah. whatever it is we want to yeah. call it. Ex- unless you have Down syndrome, then you have monolids like the Asians. Really? It's weird, right? So does that mean that a lot of Asians are like, we have a little bit no, of... No, like, no. But I think that is just one of those genetic interesting yeah. Yeah. things. Anyway, yes, anyway, we're so on a tangent. This say. is let's, your fault. It's your fault. You start talking about just, my lips. I was, just, I was like, oh yeah, the lips are finally proportionate. <laughs> all right. Uh, all I will say though, is this though, Sua? This is what I'll say. You still had a choice. For you still had a choice to say, I'm gonna create an imposter or not. Like you still had a choice, right? I bet you your same thing with your brother. Your brother probably made different choices that led to some of the things that he's had to go through. So you guys both grew up in the same home, you know, in that way. So I would say that no matter what, like yes, you can say I, and that's great. You had a great family, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you still made a choice to say, you know what? This is who I am. I'm confident enough in who I am and I am going to just kind of be who I am to the world. And I think that's that's still an important thing. No, we all have a yes, choice to make. But I think a lot of times we don't realize, this is for ourselves and also when we view others' lives, yeah. I think a lot of times we don't realize that all of us have grown up with individual privileges yeah. or the opposite. And so one of the things that when I went to social work school, the thing that blew my mind And I was, what, 21 at the time? So I went straight from college. One of the things that blew my mind was reading the texts and studying about these different people's life trajectories and realizing so much of what I thought I had accomplished myself were basically just 
remnants or just out- outcomes of that upbringing. were of my privileges that mm. I had had growing sure. up. Sure. And I think you don't realize that yeah. until you see the whole picture. Yeah. So. I think at that point, that's why I say you wouldn't have liked me if you met me at that point. I was a lot more arrogant, I think. And I think I had a lot more um, pride in myself of like, why can't you do this? I did this. Like, that was like a very yeah. common thing that like, why can't you do it? Stop complaining. Just do it. What's the big deal? Because I really felt like I was making that choice. And I'm not yeah. saying I didn't make sure, a choice. Sure. But I think sometimes we overlook the fact that if you yeah. have a certain upbringing with stable parents, yeah. stable family, good parenting, a lot of these choices are almost given to you Mm. you know the choices are given to you and a lot of other people in different circumstances they really had to fight to even get a choice and i think it is important to understand that not saying i'm giving myself zero credit here but i think so much of my understanding now about my life and the choices that i have made i realize were choices that were given to me by the circumstances of my life um and while i am very thankful for the good choices that i have made Mm -hmm. i do realize a big role of that was already the life that i had been given to begin with right right yeah you still have to make that choice at the end of the day and the, the most spiritual thing you and i can ever do any day of the any day of the week is the choices that we make is the holiest thing we do are the choices that we make but right? how do you not become a victim yeah y- because that's really hard to because sure. i've met some people who will say well that's this is just who i am because that's the life i was given it's not right. my fault it's right. my parents's fault yep. it's whoever's yep. fault yeah you know that, that 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 to be a victim is a terrible place to be and the, you know no matter what you've gone through in your life you can never be a vic- you can never have the victim mentality because when you have the victim mentality you begin to find your identity in being a victim so the the, the popular saying is yes you've been victimized mm. you have been i've been victimized yeah. but i'm not a victim i'm a child of and god and what's the difference how do you because play that out it, to be victimized is not to find your identity in mm. it when people see themselves as a victim they always see like somebody else is wrong i'm being hurt and even if like somebody like, like so let's say I punch my wife in the face, mm. I'm just a victim of my upbringing. That's what I saw my father yeah, do, yeah. right? And so we use it as a cop-out and as an excuse to hurt other people and to hurt ourselves at the end of the day. And so, yes, we've been victimized. I've been victimized, but I'm not a victim. My mm. identity is not found in being a victim. And that's a really important uh, d- uh, sort of a thing to know and to be able to live in. Because if you keep seeing yourself as a victim, you have no hope. God won't be able to do deeper things in your life and help you to grow and, and heal you because you keep seeing yourself as a victim. You know, uh, you, you've been victimized, but you're not a victim. You're a child of God and God so can redeem. what if, I'm just playing out hypotheticals yeah, here, right? Um, well, but sometimes I think people find comfort in being a victim. Sure. Um, it's much more comfortable and safe yeah. in some ways because you're just, you know right. what you want. Yeah. Like that's who you are. Yeah. Um, and so what mo- like what motivation or reasoning would you give somebody if they're like, well, what's the point? Like, right. why can't I just stay a victim and this is just who I am? Like, Absolute, why do I need to absolutely. even change? Listen, it's, it's a choice you have to make, right? But the reason why you have to do it, the reason why you don't really have a choice, in my opinion, is this. If you want to experience real love, mm. you cannot do it as a victim. You cannot love somebody if you always have a victim mentality. Because that's not it. Because love is about sacrifice. It's about suffering. But if you're suffering 
then what you're going to do is you're going to say, well, it's because I'm a victim now and you're going to blame it on the other person. And so the reason why, yes, it's an easy way. It can be a way, well, I'm a victim. If if that's the choice you want to make, live that kind of life. But I'm going to guarantee you one thing. You'll never know what it means to be loved. You'll never know what it means to be loved by another human being. You'll never know Mm -hmm. what it means to be loved by God. And so that's motivation enough to say, you know what? I got to stop being a victim, right? right? Yes, you've been victimized, but you're not a victim. And you can stand up, rise up, and make the choices. Listen, it, it took a long time for me. I've had to work my butt off to kind of get to the place where I'm at. That's why I will like I don't ever want to be young anymore because <laughs> the work, the crap I had to go through yeah, yeah. to get to where I'm at today, I don't ever want to go through that again. Like yeah. it's, it was just too much work. You know, like I think for you, my wife and stuff like that, like you guys yeah, I can be young again. You know, it's good because you guys didn't have to do all that work. No, I don't want to go back to my 20s. Jenny wants to go back to her 20s. Oh, really? Yeah, she does. Man, she, she must to. be much healthier yeah. than me. No, <laughs> I had, I was telling somebody recently that um, between my 20s, my, between 20 and 30, yeah. I grew a lot yeah. as a person. I have exercised a lot of things that were not serving me. Like, do you remember in Metro you made us read? And I actually remembered this because I was listening to the what audiobook. Did I, make you read? I was reading the audiobook version of um it's called The Prodigal Son. Oh yeah, Return of the Prodigal Son. So Henry there, there was a chapter from there that you photocopied and made us all read and it was about seeking meeting. approval yeah. from others which yeah. makes us into little demons yeah do you remember yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, do you yeah. actually remember because no, 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 you absolutely. don't remember anything no no i remember that. okay yeah. but i remember i was really yeah. str- like it really resonated yeah. with me because yeah. i was in my 20s when i read that and i was still in that place of trying to seek approval mm-hmm. and getting angry if people didn't give me what i needed yeah. and i just remember reading that and saying this is such a liberating message yep. you know and also it was really like crazy that they're telling me that I become a demon if I start seeking approval from my friends. Yeah. It's like I'm a demon. Like that's yeah. a bit of like a harsh You're giving the demons power over your language. Yeah. But yes, yeah. I was yeah. so blown. And yeah. I re- I forgot about it until recently I was listening to the book on audio and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so relevant yeah. and true. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean it's I guess it's like a lifelong thing, but I would not go back to my twenties because that was a very big theme in my twenties and I would not want to go so, back. So you know when I look at my three children um, like I, I'll start with the youngest, my son Christian. Man, I, I, I admire him mm. in so many ways because he has, he doesn't long for people's approval. Mm. It's just who he is, and I just like think to myself, I'm like, man, like at your age, you've had this mentality, like, cause he's gone through some things in high, in, in um, in middle school and stuff. Like, he's gone through some stuff with some of the kids in school and some things that kids said about him. He was attacked once playing a kickball game. Physically, a kid just attacked him. You know, tackled what? him. And stuff. So he's gone through some stuff. You know, and uh, like you could kind of get jaded. You know, he had a somebody in school that said, like, just started blaming, going to his parents, telling him that Christian did this, 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 and this to me. And so they called me and they told me about it, and I was like, okay. I was like, why well, ask my son? And, and he says that didn't happen. I said the best thing to do now is to potentially let's get together mm. and let's figure this mm-hmm. out. And then they were like, no, we're not going to do it. I'm like, why? They're like, because we don't want my son to feel like this is like like a penal thing for him. And I was like, that's crazy. But this was somebody my son was semi-close to. And things like this will happen. And he, you know, so I mean, but he still makes the choice. I think he's got to make the choice. Well, he's just like, this is who I am. He's, he's confident in who he is. This is who I am. And if you don't like me, that's okay. Like, like of course, it's going to, I'm not going to be happy about it. But I'm not 
going to be somebody that I'm not just to get your approval. Like I admire that so much because at 50, like 16 years old, he has that already. And I'm like, you're in a great place. But PP, like he didn't, he's not like an island onto himself. Yeah, like yeah. he was not created like this. I mean, you do realize like this is just a testament to the fact that you guys raised him this way and you broke that generational cycle because you could have very easily presented him with more imposter syndrome yeah, games. Yeah. If you had not recognized it in yourself, yeah. you were still being, okay, can we just say, if there's ever a fertile soil for imposter syndrome to flourish, it's being a pastor's kid. Yes. Like, come that's on. True, that's true. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I feel like you say, I mean, I'm not taking yeah. anything away yeah. from Christian. I think Christian's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, like, you, come on, man. Like, you did hard work in your 20s and 30s and whatever. So, and now this is the fruit yeah, that you so are being able so to see. Beautiful. Like, I even thought about that, you know, as I was thinking about this this episode, I was just thinking like, man, you know, and like, and I think Kayla's the same way. But Christina is so much like me. Mm. And Christina longs for the approval of other people. And not to the point where I have. Mm-hmm. So she and I, like, so I'm, I'm very close with her because yeah. you guys she, are very similar. she is a carbon copy of me, literally. Like, like in, in every, every way. way, in every way. <laughs> but she is yeah. much prettier. Yes, absolutely. She absolutely. is much but prettier. But in terms of like, you know, kind of like, you know, she's, she's incredibly charismatic. She's she a leader. Is. She is. You know, like she's a senior in college. And it's bragging. She's teaching an incoming freshman class. I know, she's amazing. As a professor. Yeah, that's in amazing. Co- and senior. And she told me that, you know, the seniors who teach this program, they usually go to like grad school. They all go to like the big Ivy mm. Leagues, you know, because this is like a major thing. Like you could put on your resume. So anyway, so, but, but I see it. I see she longs for the approval of other people. And I see that. And so she and I have really deep conversations. And she's, she's at a different place than I'm at. But it's amazing because again, it's a choice you have to make, right? And so for me, it's like, I don't want that to be repeated like with my oldest daughter. And, and so like, I am trying to speak to her through some of that stuff and she's really growing into it and she's a different level than I am. But it really is, a, it's, it's a blessing that our kids, like my kids don't have to go through that and have to live like this imposter syndrome. So I think, I think the hope that I have for anyone who's listening is that if you struggle with imposter syndrome, it's okay. Because I have, mm-hmm. I have, I've lived so much of my adult life with the imposter, but at some point, like I hope you begin to hate it to the point where you're going to say, "I'm going to let you die now in my life, and I'm just going to accept myself for who I am. I'm going to start being vulnerable. I'm going to start living my life. I'm going to maybe go see some counseling so that I can kind of work past through some of the traumatic things mm-hmm. I've gone through mm-hmm. in my life, and I'm just going to live my life, and I'm going to live in peace so that I can sleep at nights like Sua. You know, and stuff, and not struggle to sleep because you probably sleep. I like also a don't log. want to say this is like completely an ev- evidence-based statement. Like, if somehow like you have actual sleep issues that have like a chemical problem, you somehow feel like you need an imposter syndrome exorcism. Like, yeah. I don't think it's like a ten out of ten absolutely, accuracy absolutely. thing. But it's a just big, need to put it out there. It's a big indicator because you know who else sleeps like a log. My wife, okay, <laughs> like my wife. Maybe it's right? like a correlation, I'm not like, causation. I'm like, good night. She you goes, good night, and then like 30 seconds, she's out. Like I'm when like, we used to go to short-term yeah. missions, there was like this big joke, like don't let Sue's head hit anything because she'll just fall asleep. Exactly. But you know what? That's you know, I think sleeping is one of the greatest privileges that we have in life, and it's a god. It's a you gift don't even that sleep. Did you us. wake up at like four in the no, morning? No, no, but, but you know, what? I sleep really well now. But I just, I really have a heart for people who can't sleep. My heart breaks for them because there are things that they're going through inside in their lives 
that's causing them、mm. to not lose. They're not at peace with what's happening outside or inside in their lives, and so as a result of it, they cannot sleep. And so, you know, I struggle with that for a period of time as well in my own life, and、uh, I have deep empathy for people、um, who who cannot sleep. So it's really a sad thing. So well, I'm sorry、yeah. that I'm so annoying. You're very annoying, <laughs> Sua. You're very annoying. You live、yeah. with the ultimate annoying. I know.、Person. I know. Yeah. No, she is the ultimate. I just so- saw her after like not seeing her for four years, and she's like aged backwards. Like I don't know what is happening over here. <laughs> my wife's turning. 50. Oh my gosh!、Soon. And she still looks dang. And she's、good. like got the energy of like、she's、a sixteen-year-old. She still got it. She still she's got、amazing. it. Yeah, it's amazing. But listen, I just want to thank all of you for listening、uh, to our very first episode in season two. And、uh, if you have any thoughts, any questions, particularly、um, maybe an area that you might be struggling with with the imposter syndrome, and you need some guidance. Uh, feel free to reach out via email to us.、Uh, you can just go on weekpasser.org and you can、uh, ask the questions, and Sue and I will do our best to get back to you at a timely fashion. But we just want to thank you for listening. We also would love to hear any thoughts you have for future episodes that you would like us to have. Yes, we are we running out. We would be very open <laughs> to it. Exactly, we are running out of yeah, topics. Yeah, fun topics. But,、uh, we would be very open to doing a topic that you suggest. So feel free to do that. All right, and we would be very appreciative. But thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye.